Well, I wonder if you had any travel plans this year. And maybe travel plans that were disrupted. Maybe since the lockdown was eased, you did get away for that holiday that you were so longing for, all those weeks of solitary confinement, or not quite solitary, but um, confined to home. And then we were let out to some extent. And maybe if you were really brave, you got into a plane or train and travelled far. Maybe not a cruise, I don't think there's any cruises, but... Or maybe uh, you, you loaded up the car. I uh, couldn't resist this photo of the, the Beetle loaded up to the, the gunnels with packing cases. And you got down to Cornwall or wherever. But plans were disrupted. So many plans to travel were disrupted. And maybe, maybe they've been shifted to another year, or maybe we've thought again. Maybe British holidays, local holidays, are going to be more attractive from now on. Travel plans. Well, going right back to the days of Scripture, there have been travel plans. Places that people have wanted to go. And certainly over the years, I wanted for many years to go to Italy. And the two visits I've had have confirmed the, the wonder of that, that amazing historical country. And of course, what's Italy famous for? Pizza, pasta, Let, let's have the next slide. Pasta, yeah, I thought we'd have to have the, the pasta picture. Pizza is the next one. I remember having the most amazing pizza. Just nothing like it in this country. A huge pizza in a place, the next slide, called uh, Bolsena. On a, on a lovely lake with a, a castle and, of course, blue sky and the heat and this amazing pizza with the family. Food and places go together and people and places go together. We had one holiday with the family in, in Tuscany and Umbria and then, a few years later, well, we tried and the volcano got in the way and we couldn't. The Icelandic volcano disrupted our plans. And then the following year, we went to Rome. The next slide. And Rome captivated us. The history, the amazing beauty of, of buildings and churches and the Tiber and all the rest. And the thought that the early Christians knew that place, knew some of these buildings, perhaps in slightly better condition, but they knew them. There's that link with the past. On the next slide, reminds us that Rome played such an important part in the history of Europe 
and beyond, the Mediterranean and so forth. The empire was vast. And Rome itself was a huge city. Maybe a million people lived in Rome. And I know London is bigger, but this was ancient times. To go to Rome, you would have been staggered by the bustle and the business and the wealth and the poverty as well. It was a centre of a dominant empire where Caesar reigned supreme. A place of brutality, of entertainment, of arts and wealth, but also slavery and poverty. And the next slide. Paul wanted to visit Rome. According to Acts, he was a Roman a citizen, a Roman citizen. He'd somehow acquired that citizenship. His Hebrew Jewish background, he'd be able to somehow become a citizen of Rome, of the Roman Empire. And he wanted to visit this amazing, terrible city with all its potential and with its growing Christian community. He didn't establish that church. Someone else had founded the church in Rome. But Paul wanted to visit them, to hear more from them and to encourage them in their faith. And then the next slide. He wanted to visit but his plans were disrupted again and again. We're going to hear how he says, this time I really will get to visit you on my way to Spain. But again, his plans will be disrupted. But let's hear this and Sarah is to read it to us. Oh, and Samuel. And so I have been prevented many times from coming to you. But now that I have finished my work in these regions, and since I have been waiting for so many years to come to see you, I hope to do so now. I would like to see you on my way to Spain and be helped by you to go there after I have enjoyed visiting you for a while. Right now, however, I am going to Jerusalem in the service of God's people there, for the churches in Macedonia and Achaia have freely decided to give an offering to help the poor among God's people in Jerusalem. That decision was their own, but as a matter of fact, they have an obligation to help them. Since the Jews shared their spiritual blessings with the Gentiles, the Gentiles ought to use their material blessings to help the Jews. When I have finished this task and turned over to them all the money that has been raised for them, I shall leave for Spain and visit you on my way there. When I come to you, I know that I shall come with a full measure of the blessing of Christ. Thanks be to God.
Thank you. So he plans to visit on his way to Spain. Spain was another place that excited Paul, a place that was, was growing in prosperity and thinking. There were many great thinkers in Spain at that time, part of the Roman Empire. And Paul wanted to go there and to take the Christian faith to that nation. Anyone been to Spain? A few hands? Oh, virtually everyone. I have not been to Spain. I might have a Spanish sister-in-law, but I've never been to Spain. So that's something on the list, maybe, sometime. Now, Romans has been uh, puzzling us, encouraging us, inspiring us over the last two months. And one or two people fed back what verse spoke to them especially. And I have three people who have shared that on, uh, by recording. Um, Jeff Cronin from Cause End and Kate Yates from Trinity and David Reynolds from Cause End as well. And we're going to hear from them now of a verse that inspired them. Be patient, folk. We're getting there. To begin with, I would just like to reflect on all of Paul's letter to the Romans, because it has always played a pivotal part in my belief patterns. When I was first a Christian, and that was around 1956, the Baptist church that I went to had as its minister the Reverend John Savage. He had been a missionary in South America and was with us in West London for a bit of a rest. Uh, he did eventually go back. He started off a weekly Bible study course on Romans, which was finished by his successor over a period of approximately three years. He took it sentence by sentence. And for me, the significant verse came from chapter 12 and is verse 2. J.B. Phillips' version has it like this. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mould, but let God remould your minds from within, so that you may prove in practice that the plan for you is good meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Needless to say, I still feel very immature, but I'm also sure that God still does have a plan for me. Thank you for listening. I've chosen Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2, uh, which go so then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you. 
Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, to get dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and is pleasing to him and is perfect. For me, having come to faith in my mid-twenties, this was quite a pivotal passage in terms of learning more about repentance, changing mind, doing things differently, letting God speak to me. It summarises for me how the focus should be on God, on worship, prayer, service and whole lifestyle, including our giving, both um, time, money, who, who we are it's the whole the whole being that comes into that for me it also links in well for me with the lord's prayer and trying to keep me rooted in where my part is in helping to create god's kingdom today it's very easy to be sucked into the world of consumerism um, even though we might not think we're doing that we all do get sucked into it and it can help to be keep me rooted, hopefully, in where God is wanting me to be, how God wants me to be in this day and this age. In all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from a love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are my, possibly my favourite verses. I used to read them and skip past them or just absorb what they'd said, but several years ago now, they hit me in a very wonderful way. And I spent a lot of time rolling them around in my mind like you would a smooth and well-formed pebble in your hand. And they were written by a man who had stepped from the relative safety of being the persecutor to the position of someone who himself was persecuted. He had been beaten, he'd been imprisoned, he'd been insulted and was often challenged and yet he recognised that through God he had been healed, restored and forgiven. At this particular time it's very important to us that we can look at verses like this as they're a source of comfort in our current situation. It may be that we're worried for our own health. It may be that we're worried for the future of our children and how they'll earn money in the future. 
It may be that we have relatives who are far away. But one thing we all have in common is that the social machinery that normally runs so smoothly has come completely out of gear and has inevitably run to a stop. But never forget these verses and when you turn away from this service, roll them around in your mind like a smooth unblemished pebble in your hand and ponder the words that Paul says. It's a lovely image of rolling a pebble in your hand and letting those verses, in a sense, distill within your minds and hearts. And wonderful verses from chapter 8 and 12 mentioned there. Dig around in that great letter and find which verse speaks to you. Before we have our final reading from Romans, from Romans chapter 16, 